Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in on the episode 40 of the 504 Core Podcast. We're rolling today. A uh, big day today, National Signing Day. Um, Zach, I'm going to give it, I'm going to lead it off to you. There's a lot of ways you can take it. Um, let's just start off with Terry Bussey. Let's start off with that. Yeah. Um, like, ways with that. Yeah, Mike, you know, we were kind of talking about it uh, before we started the podcast and stuff. I was telling him that was probably one of the craziest recruitments I've ever seen. Um, just because there were so many different angles to it. Uh, obviously he's been committed to Texas A&M since September and, you know, he committed to A&M right off of an official visit to LSU and, you know, LSU thought they had momentum, but he was always going to remain in Texas was the kind of like general feel for this one. And he pledged to A&M and then, you know, the, the fire kind of started in college station. You saw Jimbo Fisher get fired. You know, you saw all these different, these, all these different coaching changes happen uh, with the Aggies. And rather than signing during the early signing period in December, he said, I'm going to hold off. I'm going to wait. I'm going to see what changes are made. And he, he did just that, you know, over the last month, month and a half, uh, the LSU coaching staff had changes, a and had changes. And ultimately, when it came down to it, over the last, let's say, 10 to 14 days, Bussy went ahead and, and took a, a, a trio of visits. He went and visited Georgia uh, last weekend, or I guess two weekends ago, and then he visited LSU on Wednesday for a midweek visit. And then fast forward to, to three, four days ago, he went back to College Station for a multi-day stay, and he was there on Saturday and Sunday. They got the last visit from him. And the the general consensus was LSU had all the momentum in this one, and they, they did. You know, he, he, he was trending LSU's way. Um, a lot of people thought that it could go in that direction for LSU. You had people within the LSU ops building who felt pretty confident that, uh, you know, it could go in that direction. And, you know, he, he's a loyal guy. Bussy's been through a lot in his life, and he remained loyal to his commitment to Texas A&M. And here we are, National Signing Day Wednesday morning. Uh, his decision was at 9 a.m., and he wasted no time. He sat down at the table and took two, three minutes and put pen to paper and, and signed to AM. So is it a loss for LSU? I don't think it's a loss. I think it would have been the cherry on top per se. Um, they already have, what, three five-stars already committed in Tradez Green, Weston Davis, and now Dominic McKinley just put pen to paper um, before we hopped on here 20 minutes ago. So you got three five-stars. You got a top-five class in the 2024 cycle, and, you know, LSU's rolling. So does it suck to not get an instant-impact player in Terry Bussey, like the number one athlete in America? Oh uh, yeah, I mean it hurts, but or it stings, but it doesn't necessarily hurt this program in the long haul because you have so much talent already. Would it just simply been the cherry on top? Yeah, and then you know, I, it's always interesting to see how LSU fans take things because they don't take things well. Um, but yeah, no, I wouldn't say it's a loss. He's always committed to them. It's not like he was committed to LSU and then flipped, or you know. But yeah, he he could have definitely played at LSU right away. It seems like uh, at least that's what they pitched to him. Right. Didn't they pitch him kind of like a, as a Swiss army knife role? Uh, oh man, dude, Terry Bussey can do everything. I mean, he's the number one athlete in America for a reason. He played quarterback uh, for Timson. He played in the secondary return specialist. I mean, he could have impacted the game in so many different ways. And like you said, that, that was LSU's pitch to him was that he can be a Swiss army knife. He can, you know, impact the game in all three phases. And a lot of teams were recruiting him as strictly a defensive back or strictly a safety or a nickel, but for LSU, they were like, you know, screw it. Like, we, we can have you on the field in so many different ways. And that was the pitch. And ultimately, he remained loyal to his to the, to the his commitment to Texas A&M. And, you know, his guardians and his camp were, uh, you know, not necessarily pushing for College Station or pushing for A&M. But, you know, they, they certainly wanted him to stay a little bit closer to home. And that's what happened here. I mean, fast forward to National Signing Day, he's an Aggie. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously, it's a new age of college football, too. So, um a&M has a down year, doesn't want to stay. LSU still needs help in whatever ways, or they still want them. You know, you could always transfer. So, um, yeah, I don't really look at kids 
committing somewhere as like losses these days because it's so fluid. I mean, it seems like every every top tier program loses between ten and twenty kids every year. So, um, yeah, I mean, playing time and transfer portal nil it's just so fluid today. Um, but was LSU like actually really that close to getting him? Or is oh that- yeah, I mean his 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 final three came down to LSU, Georgia, and Texas A and M, and you know A and M was kind of like a or I'm sorry, Georgia was kind of like a filler just because. Initially, he took a visit to Alabama, but there, one of their coaches went to the Georgia staff. And so Georgia was kind of like a filler, in my opinion. And from everything that I heard, LSU gave him a ton to think about. Um, and he didn't he, – he was talking to both coaching staffs last night. He had a basketball game at 730. He led Timpson to a 20-point you know, comeback win. And he talked to LSU staff before the game. He talked to LSU staff after the game. LSU talked to him this morning. Uh, no decision was technically made until probably right when he put you know pen to paper. It was something that was coming down to the final buzzer, and it, it was kind of a thing where look like LSU had momentum. LSU thought they were in a good position, but it, it was the type of thing where they felt in good position, but wouldn't be surprised if he signed with A and M. And ultimately, he went to with a uh, with the loyalty that he that he's known for, and, and went with A and M. It was it was a pretty unique recruitment. I, I'll tell you that much. It, it reminded me a lot of Harold Perkins last year, and you know I I mean it's or two years ago and. It's 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 crazy. It, it was a crazy, crazy last couple of hours. Crazy last, you know, thirty six hours. You know what I did love to see? I did love to see the LSU recruits step up. I mean, they all they all really push for him. You know, Keelan Moses. You've talked to him a good bit. Um, you know, he he seems to be spearheading a lot, even though he's a class after him. But um, yeah, I mean, the you saw it on Twitter. You know, they they LSU people uh, try to stand up and recruit him as hard as they could. So obviously it's his final decision. I can never blame a kid for staying at home. Uh, if you're in Texas, go to Texas or Texas a and I'll never fault a kid for that. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um has a down year or whatever it may be. Was NIL a big factor in his recruitment? Did you hear anything about no, that? No, uh, this wasn't one of those NIL type recruitments from what I was told. It, it was really just coming down to where he felt most comfortable and, and it really became Texas A&M. I think, you know, player development is something that he looks forward to or looks looks in, as do all recruits. And I think he knew he could be developed really well in Baton Rouge. Um, but I think he also felt the exact same way with Texas A&M and loyal to his commitment, um, felt comfortable with a lot of the players there, a lot of the staff, a lot of different things. And nah, this wasn't an NIL recruitment. And like you said, I, I have had the chance to talk to Keelan Moses quite a few times. And that's a guy who puts on his recruiting cap every single day. And he was pushing, man. He, he, was, he was pushing for, uh, for Bussy. But at the end of the day, here we are. It is what it is. Yeah, and then the uh, other big uh, fish uh, else he had to reel in was Dominic McKinley. Uh, took him a little while to sign. Well, not really, but uh, took him took him a little time to sign. Um, anything you want to expand on that? Or yeah, I mean, look, Dominic McKinley was a guy who was committed to Texas A&M. LSU at the end of the day flipped four Texas A&M commitments. Terry Bussey would have been the fifth one. That would have been five for five. You flipped, you know, three star offensive lineman Cohen Eccles. You flipped four-star defensive lineman Gabriel Relaford, and you flipped five-star offensive lineman Weston Davis. And then fast forward to today, and you finally got pen to paper for Dominic McKinley, a five-star defensive lineman. And this is the number one player in Louisiana. This is a guy that LSU has been pushing for for months on months on months. And on New Year's Eve, out of nowhere, literally like caught so many people by surprise, they got him to pop. And he he revealed his decision. You know, he backed off his A&M commitment and flipped to LSU. And this is a guy that you know, fills a position of need. LSU does not have very many defensive linemen on that roster right now. And I think you look at somebody like Dominic McKinley and a lot of people are going to say he might not be ready to make an instant impact. And despite not being ready, man, he's going to need to do that. So the next couple of months are going to be super key for him. He won't get to Baton Rouge until 
late May, early June. He's a summer enrollee. So this is a guy who's going to have to have a big next couple of months in the weight room. And Bo Davis kind of has his guy for the future now in McKinley. And then you can also add in, uh, what is it? You can also add in uh, Gabriel Relford too. So you got some bodies coming in, but McKinley, man, that's a, that's a blue chipper. That, that's now your top signee. That's a five-star top 20 prospect in America. And LSU needed it, and they got it today on National Signing Day. It's the only guy that will sign for him. They said he's not ready. Like, is that just a physicality thing, or is that just I think kind of McKinley is the type of guy whose potential is can, can jump out the can jump off the page. I mean, he's got all the physical intangibles, but it's going to take a little bit more time for his technique to develop more and get ready for the SEC. And I think he can be ready. I think I think these next couple of months are going to be crucial. And I think Bo Davis has a nice little piece of clay that he can mold into whatever he wants it to be. Does he project more inside or outside? He's going to be a defensive tackle. He's going to be inside. Yeah, LC definitely needs that. Um, I, isn't, aren't they looking at some guy from uh, JUCO? Uh, what's yeah, his Jaleel Muhammad is a guy that yeah. is at Garden City Community College. And a lot of people were questioning if he would sign today. But the, given he still has to finish out the semester at the JUCO ranks, he, he's probably going to be a guy who could enroll in May or whatever. But um, nothing set in stone with him just yet. But that's a guy that they're targeting, yeah. Yeah, targeting. Have you heard anything else like Moral or anyone else their D tackle? I mean, no. they are pretty thin. It's really just Jaleel Muhammad is a guy that they're looking at and talking to right now. Um, he's got a lot of upside. Like this is a guy who's supposed to enroll at Arkansas State and stuff. Like he's he's a he's a caliber guy, and he went the JUCO route and developed a lot. His numbers don't jump off the page, but the physical intangibles are crazy. He's like six five, six six, two eighty. Uh, a guy that Bo Davis thinks that he could develop into a big player. He's multiple years of eligibility, so. Like I said, we'll see if they can actually lock that one in, but I would not be surprised if LSU, you know, sealed the deal with that one. Yeah, he so he's going to be like a rotational guy? Is that the idea? We'll see. We'll see. I, he could be a guy that they need to step in and fill a big role. Yeah, that's what's scary about LSU is their D-line is uh, – I think Womack will have a big year, but, you know, Guillory's solid, but then everything else is kind of – I wish Wingo or Mason Smith would have stayed, but um, – Hell Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is what it is. Um, and then what's the latest with DJ Pickett? Um, I saw he visited Oregon uh, the other day, but uh, what the, the Corey Raymond effect seems like it's it's there. So um, I know uh, DJ Pickett, and then who's the other guy? Um, Dorian Brew. Yeah, the, the cornerback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to talk about them? Yeah, DJ Pickett, that, that's like we were saying before, we were kind of talking about McKinley and talking about how he's a big fish. But, I mean, dude, DJ Pickett's a guy who wasn't even – LSU didn't even have him. He wasn't even on LSU's radar, or rather, the other way around. LSU wasn't even on his radar. So, DJ Pickett, number one safety in America in the 2025 class. Um, LSU's actually recruiting him as a corner, is what I was told. Uh, Corey Raymond, you know, jumped into the fold, got the Baton Rouge, and, and, and put the foot on the gas for Pickett because that was a guy that he was recruiting at Florida. And now that Raymond's in Baton Rouge, it's the type of thing where, you know, the guys that he was recruiting at Florida, he's now recruiting to LSU. So, look now and you got somebody like DJ Pickett who got to campus last week for a midweek visit. And it, it was a pretty good, pretty good trip from what I was told. He, he arrived Tuesday night. He stayed the full day Wednesday for his visit and left Thursday morning and immediately picked up. And like you said, went on to Oregon, went to Eugene to go see Dan Landing and company. So um, just sticking on Pickett, it's a long lanky guy, man. That's a guy that Corey Raymond likes. He loves his rangy, tall, lengthy guys. And that, that's a guy that, uh, you know, Pickett kind of checks off all the boxes for him. So, LSU did well. Some might say that LSU might be at the top of his list now, even though they weren't in his top five. But he's probably expanding that to a top seven now, and he's going to add LSU and Oregon to the mix too, alongside schools like Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, Florida, et cetera. So 
it's he's got all the blue he's got all the blue bloods in uh in basketball or in football as you'd say so um lsu is heavily in the mix and they're going to be battling for an official visit for him now and another guy that you were talking about was dorian brew four-star cornerback borderline five-star cornerback and lsu got him as a surprise visitor this weekend and nobody kind of expected it he kind of just popped in out of nowhere and some people have him crystal ball to ohio state some people still have him you know still weighing his options but lsu is going to be battling for an official visit for dorian brew and this is a guy that they're putting their foot on the gas for. And they, these two guys specifically in the 2025 class, Corey Raymond is pushing for in a big, big way. So, yeah, Pickett got to campus, Brew got to campus, and we'll, we'll see LSU kind of put their foot on the gas over the next couple of weeks because the entire month of February now is a dead period. So you can't have in-person contact with recruits. But you can have phone contact, FaceTime, Zoom, and that type of nature. So you bet that they'll be in his ear over the next couple of weeks pushing for an official visit this spring. Yeah. Um I, on Brew, I heard one of his parents went to rain track. Was his mom that ran track at Ohio State or his dad? Um, and then the other parent went to LSU. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, uh, so split. Got, yeah, split and I, sure. and, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, Corey Raymond, you know, someone said, I heard someone say, like, as soon as he got there, it's like he never left. He was immediately recruiting. So, I mean, he's kind of on a prove it deal, too. I mean, what is he on a three year deal? And that third year is not even, you know, it's like it's almost like a team option, like an NBA kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, Corey Raymond, if you get a hungry Corey Raymond with the staff, I mean, that's I mean, look out. So um, you already see it paying dividends with uh, Jaborian with Jabori Antoine, as I say his name. Yeah. Yeah. He that's got he recruited uh, him like almost instantly. So and then now you're seeing all these DBs come back. Um, one DB they did lose was Jalen Bell. Um, you want to dive a little bit into that? Um <sighs> My thing with Jalen Bell is he's super talented, and I don't want to say anything and, and talk bad on a kid, um, but I just don't think he was technically on Corey Raymond's big board. I don't think this was a guy that LSU is, ne is necessarily looking at as a loss. I don't think he was just on their big board, and as they continue battling the scholarship count, you have to factor in things like this, and I just don't – I'm never going to use the word processed. I don't think he was processed per se. But I would certainly say that this is a guy that might not have been on Corey Raymond's big board. I can't confirm or deny that, but, you know, he's recruiting heavily in the secondary right now. He's got a lot of cornerbacks on his radar. He's got a lot of safeties on his radar. He's got a lot of versatile weapons. And for me, I just don't think that Jalen Bell was fitting the mold for what Corey Raymond was necessarily looking for. And fast forward to this week or last, whatever, a couple of days ago, and, you know, he backed off his commitment and reopened his recruitment, and it gives him time to find a new home is really the best way that I could put it. Yeah, no, I, everyone knows what you're saying. But um, I heard he didn't even start his junior year, right? Or is that true? There were a couple of things about about that that I'll probably say yes, you're right, too. I'll just say yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that was the previous staff's um, – or not staff, uh, well, I guess staff, um, Steeples guys. So, yeah, I mean, Corey Raymond's going after the big fish. Uh, you love to see it. We got to get – LSU's got to get DBU back, so um, – Hard, hard to blame him. Uh, yeah, well, I wish they could the best, but yeah, I mean, he was only 155 pounds too. It's not like can I wait, but yeah, I mean, it's when whenever you really deep dive into that recruitment, you can see, you know, you can read, you can read the writing on the wall. So, um, yeah, all right. Well, that's LSU recruitment for now. Um, Super Bowl Sunday, Zach. Who you got? I know, dude. Like, I was talking to so many people about this, and my thing is I just can't bet against Mahomes. Like, it hurts me to physically do that. Like, he can just do anything on any given night. Um, but with that also being said, man, the 49ers' weapons are ridiculous. You look at that team, and obviously, like, 
I don't know. I just think of, you know, McCaffrey, Debo, whoever you want, however you want to slice it. Uh, they just have so many offensive weapons. And on the other side of the ball too, it's, it's a super talented team. It's hard for me to, to pick or choose one. Um, I'll be damned, man. I, I can't bet against Mahomes. I guess I just have to go with Mahomes. And, uh, the yeah. Team. That's like everyone's logic. It seems like, um, I, you know, I I don't think either team's really been that impressive in the playoffs, if you ask me. Right? I mean, like, I agree. Yeah, so, I mean, oh, yeah, they beat the Ravens, cool. But the Ravens imploded on themselves, and Chiefs team is scoring the second half. So that's that. The Bills should have won that game. And then, you know, the Dolphins just did not look good in cold weather. But, you know, yeah, like you said, it's – um. It's hard to bet against Mahomes. I don't think the Chiefs are the same teams they've been. You know, uh, 49ers haven't looked that great either. I mean, the Lions kind of blew it on that too. Um, you know, they, they should have lost that Packers game as well. So it's kind of a toss-up. Uh, the money's pretty much even money. I mean, I think San Fran's a point-and-a-half favorite. I think they did that on purpose because they know they know a lot of people are going to bet the Chiefs. So um, I think a lot of – I don't know what the, the public money stands, but I feel like a lot of people are going to be on the Chiefs. Um, yeah, I don't really know. So you're rolling with the Chiefs on the, that one? I guess so, dude. Like, I'm probably not even going to be able to watch much of the game because I'm going to be at Bacchus on Sunday, I think, if the weather permits. Um, damn, if I even get to because LSU Women's plays that day. Um, I, yeah, I'm going to roll with the Chiefs. I'm going to just say it just because. I think the Niners obviously can do it, but it's a toss-up. Like, it's a coin flip for me. And if I'm flipping the coin right this second, I'll probably go with the Chiefs. Overrunners, 47 and a half. Um Oh, it's in Vegas. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I really don't know. If I had to bet it, just yeah. Well, I just break it down. It's like Brock Purdy versus Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that's what course. I'm saying. Like, do I really think Brock Purdy can knock off that team? I, probably. He's a checkdown artist. Like, all he has to do is just check down either McCaffrey, Debo, whoever, Ayuk, whatever it is. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna roll with the Chiefs. I'm gonna roll with the Chiefs. All right, I'll roll with the Chiefs too. Um. Don't feel great about it, though. I don't feel good about it either, but if I had to pick at this exact moment, and like we're filming this on Wednesday, so we still got time to flip our picks. Um, But, yeah, for at this point, at 11.30 a.m. on Wednesday, I'm rocking with the Chiefs. Screw it. All right. I like it. Anything else you want to plug or add? No, I mean, National Signing Day is just a ridiculous day for me. It's just it's a busy day, and something that we didn't even talk about was LSU added a preferred walk-on quarterback out of nowhere. Like, Oh, I I, that, I didn't even see that. No one saw that coming. Um, but I mean, other than that, you know, Dominic McKinley, that's the big fish that you got today. Terry Bussey, you know, it is what it is. I'm happy that he's going to be staying close to home. And, you know, you got that 2024 cycle finalized, done, finished. And uh, now we move on to 2025, but not too much to talk about for us two, man. We got a uh, recruiting Super Bowl picks. Anything you want to plug with Saints, Pels, anything? Or oh, I was going to ask you, that? I was going to ask you a question before we go. Um, do the Pelicans tomorrow's not uh, not national signing day? Uh, tomorrow's um, trade deadline. Do the Pels make a move? Yay or nay? Nay. I think it's gonna be extremely quiet tomorrow in the NBA. I don't think there's gonna be any any big. Uh, I don't think there'll be any big trades tomorrow. I think the big there'll be like three guys that are like big big names that'll be traded. In my opinion, and that'll be it. So I know. I yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't see, deals, right? Yeah, I don't see anything major. You'll see a bunch of like second and third tier guys. Um, or not a bunch, but I think you'll see a couple. But yeah, I don't think the Pels will do anything either. So we'll see. But all right, we'll end it on that. Uh, if you guys can like and subscribe, we'd really appreciate it. And we'll see.